We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stay tuned. Good morning, and welcome to episode 235 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I am Ben Lindbergh. Joining me, as always, is Sam Miller. How are you? How are you feeling? How's your health? Feeling quite poorly, thank you. And you're probably feeling even worse because our worst, our worst nightmare just came true. Uh, I think we we once decided that if we ever recorded a full episode and it didn't record for whatever reason, we would just quit. We would just never do the show again because it would be that depressing. Um, uh-huh. And that just that just happened. Uh, we just did a half hour show, and I opened up the recording, and it was just me followed by long stretches of silence when Sam was talking. Which is odd, because normally it's just me followed by <laughs> long stretches of near silence when, when I'm you're talking. talking. Yeah. yeah. So um, what's the plan here? So we... I guess we'll just <laughs> summarize what we talked about. I feel well, like, I don't, I, I don't I feel like I, I can't go through with like pretending that we didn't no, <laughs> talk we about all repeat. this. I just, it, we can't just, repeat. Too bad. We could do because I do feel like it was a it was an above average episode. You'll you'll just have to take our words for it, I guess. We um, could do a, if you want. We could do a quick recap and then we could do my original topic, which we didn't do. Okay, sure. Uh, all right. Okay, so the quick recap. Uh, I, very quick. We're doing it very quick, yes, right? Yes. Quick recap. I brought up a few things from the weekend. Uh, the first thing was that Johnny Javatella is up again. We talked about him coming up for the Royals. He is up again, and I asked Sam what he would hit for the rest of the season. Uh, he he had a three-hit night in his first night, um, and so my question was, what what will he hit for the rest of the season, his minor league line in AAA? Not, not quick enough, Ben. Not quick enough. Uh, his, he's hit 320, 391, 464 in AAA. And in the majors, he's hit 248, 276, 347, even after his three hit nights. So, what will he hit for the rest of the season? You're, you're recapping. You're not. We're not. Re, we're not relitigating this question. We're recapping, Ben. So, do you need me to take over the recap? What did you say he would hit? I I said something <laughs> like 247, 315, 345. Yeah. Then we pivoted to the Chase Utley discussion about whether the Royals would be compounding their problems if they traded for Chase Utley. Whether this is the further question of a GM. <laughs> pursuing his own job security at the expense of his team's future and well-being. Then I think we moved to you Darvish and why uh, Texas you skipped, fans. You skipped. We talked about Glenn Perkins. Uh, we did talk about That's right. We talked yeah. about Glenn Perkins and how Glenn Perkins has asked to pitch more, and yes. yet uh, his manager has responded by uh, giving him uh, even larger leads to protect rather than tie games. We yes. talked about the need for a statistic that would accurately capture a closer's performance in a tie game and why the uh, pitcher win should be uh, removed from relievers because nobody cares and it only uh, stands in for the better statistic that we should have and that would otherwise incentivize a pitcher to want to pitch in these close games. Then we talked about you Darvish's fastball, mm. why he threw it more last night, apparently in response to having read bloggers and such complaining about him. We wondered why Texas fans and media have turned on Darvish, who has been tremendous, even though he hadn't won in seven games. Uh, and then I believe we got to the main topic, which yeah. was uh, which uh, Alex Rios. Alex Rios. Uh, we asked what it would cost to get Alex Rios, whether we believe that he is more prone to ups and downs than other players, and if so, whether his current down makes him a less attractive trade candidate, uh, and whether uh, there is a 
decent comp for him in the past, whether Carlos Beltran's injury history made him a decent comp, which we both disputed, and then uh, ultimately settled on something like two not great but name prospects might be a good return. Is that right? Uh, yeah, just about. <laughs> we forgot. We also struggled for a long time with uh, Jim Bowden's name. First going to uh, first going to football. Uh, to sorry, I'm sorry. First going to senior field application engineer at Tannis's Technology, Bill Bowden, mm-hmm. and then moving slowly to football coach Bobby Bowden before, before detouring toward universe, uh, toward Indiana <laughs> University head coach Bobby Knight, and finally settling on Jim Bowden. Well, that's it. All right. Is, so now here's, <laughs> you probably wish that we did this every day. We just could here, summarize what we plan to talk about. All right. So the topic uh, that we are going to now talk about, which we haven't talked about, will be fresh in your ears, is going to be the 2013 Pittsburgh Pirates, mm. who have the, the best record in baseball halfway through the season. Almost my I topic. Be, I believe I saw uh, an Elias uh, note yesterday that no team has ever had this good a record through 81 games and finished below 500. Do you think that the Pirates are just the team to break this uh, historical uh, achievement, or are, are they in the clear? <laughs> I think they are in the clear on on five hundred. <laughs> uh, they would. Did you have you figured out what they would have to go to finish at five thirteen or at five hundred? Yeah. What, what yeah, is it? I'm pretty sure. Well, if they're fifty one and thirty right now, I think they would have to go thirty and fifty thirty and fifty one. <laughs> Good point. Um, yeah, that I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I so mean, thirty and yeah, thirty and fifty one would be. Uh, I mean, that'd be a sixty win pace. They would that would make them yeah. Mar- Marlins bad slash Astros bad basically, yeah. which is con- it's conceivable, right? I mean, mm-hmm. last year the Red Sox won sixty seven games, and the Red Sox were a preseason favorite in a lot of people's minds. So it's not totally inconceivable, but it's probably like one in a one in one in three hundred maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I and yet, and yet, our Pakota still sees them as a 500 team. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they have played a little bit over their heads. If you look at our adjusted standings report on BP, uh, I think they're the the third team in the division behind the Cardinals and the Reds. Um, they've had a little bit of the the 2012 Orioles thing going on uh, with with one run games and a really good bullpen and couple relievers who never give up runs ever um and jeff Locke, just jeff Locke's whole season basically uh so they've they've had a little bit of that sort of thing in their in their corner their their pythag record is 46 and 35 which is the sixth best in the league yeah in in baseball not in the league in baseball so they are both they they're by they are exceeding their pythag record by the most in baseball but they are also they have the sixth best run differential in baseball. Yeah, uh, so I think that they are not this good, but they're they're still pretty good. Um, I guess they're better than. I'm trying to, to pinpoint exactly why they're better than I expected them to be. I mean, I guess I figured they'd be close to 500 again, as they have been for the last couple seasons. Uh, I didn't really see a huge step forward coming. Did you? Did you think this would be the year that they? They challenge for a playoff spot. No. Yeah, neither did I. Um, but they have, uh, I guess. So, but well, this is what I was going to ask originally. This is my question about the Pirates. Uh, if you were, you know, if, if Random House came to you and said, uh, w- "Write the book. We mm. want you to write. 
you know, the extra 4% or whatever the book is going to be called about the, the Pittsburgh pirates and their, you know, low payroll winning the world series this year. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I don't even know what their I don't know what philosophy you would identify for the pirates. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to describe what the pirates do that sets them apart. So do you think that they do something that sets them apart? Uh, or, I mean, you know, I mean, to be fair, like this regime still hasn't had a 500 record. I mean, they mm-hmm. will, they will this year. Um, but is it way too early to start thinking about what their front office is doing right? And if it's not, then what is their front office doing right or slash different? I don't think it's too early, but you're right. It, it's kind of hard to pick out a, a narrative for their front office. It's not like they are. It's not like they're the the number one stats front office. I mean, I think they they certainly pay a lot of attention to stats. I mean, since he took over, Neil Huntington has said a lot of uh, you know statistically savvy things. You can find quotes from people saying what you know what stats do you look at for pitchers or whatever and he'll cite all these fancy defensive independent stats and and they hired Dan Fox from BP and they've got some other Sabre guys so so clearly they are they are in in tune with that sort of thing but they haven't become known for it to the degree that you know the A's or the Rays or the Indians have for example and they've certainly built up a strong farm system uh but they haven't really become known as as a I don't know a great scouting team like a team that just has more scouts or better scouts than any other team I guess I guess it has something to do with the fact that they were one of the teams that took advantage of being able to spend a ton of money in the draft um, so I think they spent the most in the draft over the last four years or so that you could mm. spend a lot of money in the draft. Yep. So, so there's that, and I guess you're... There is that, but can you identify what role... I mean, who who currently producing for them falls under that umbrella? Alvarez? Uh, and... Yeah, Cole, I guess. Cole's pitched like two games for them. <laughs> yes. Four, you know, he's pitched, what, three games? Uh, yeah. Uh, so... Four games, I think. Four games, and he's been below average. Eh, I mean, no, like, no, Garrett, yeah. I, I, look, Average-ish. Garrett Cole going to be super duper duper awesome for their future and hasn't been nothing for them this year. I mean, that's good, but you, they're not in first place because of Garrett Cole. They were in first no. place before they pulled up Garrett Cole. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, I guess there are savvy, savvy individual moves that you can pull out. I mean, the, the Russell Martin signing both <coughs> liked a lot and that's certainly gotten a lot of credit for, for their improvement. Uh, I guess there was, you know, like the AJ Burnett trade seemed to be a undervalued guy at the time or a guy who wasn't highly valued at least. And he's kind of just returned to, to form since they traded for him. So that was a good move, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Wandy, Wandy Rodriguez was a a good, a good move. Uh, they didn't, they didn't from Hanrahan for Melanson. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I guess it's a combination of of spending a lot in the draft and then just supplementing with good moves, which is not really a great book pitch. It's just kind of, you know, they've they've done some good things. Uh, there's no real no real. This is the one thing that they do better than anyone else, and that no one else has thought of, and they've taken advantage of this inefficiency or something. It's just kind of you know, a, a collection of smart things, I guess, and maybe some lucky things. And, and that's how it's come about. 
Yeah, it seems clear that, that a number of their guys are uh, doing better than than you would have expected. I mean, the, in mm-hmm. you you noted the similarities between the Orioles last year. There's also some similarities between them and the A's, where they're you know they're also playing better than you thought they would. I mean, they're they're legitimately playing well, and you're you weren't sure that a lot of these guys were going to be that good. So that makes me wonder whether the I mean, we don't know enough at this point, but it makes me wonder whether this is going to ultimately be a coaching story, and whether the Pirates. Um, in a few years, whether we might know the, the the names of the Pirates coaches, and we might see some of their minor league instructors, uh, you know, getting more prominent jobs with other teams, that sort of a thing, because uh, you know, like guys like, you know, Gabby Sanchez, uh, you know, Gabby Sanchez is hitting, and Gabby Sanchez was not considered, uh, you know, a very good prospect. Mm-hmm. He was considered a fluke Rookie of the Year candidate. And then he was absolutely depressingly miserable last year. And um, they, they've they got a pretty good performance out of him. Now, maybe so, that's nothing. Maybe last year was the fluke. But so, I think being willing, I, I think at, le- at least one way or the other, either they were willing to look at a guy, they were willing to look at the guy and see uh, past his lack of pedigree, the uh-huh. fact that he had performed at the major league level, uh, and and realize that that was a, uh, you know, a resource. Or they were willing to fix him. One way or the other, they got something out of a guy that was pretty freely available. I yeah, think. I guess that makes sense. So maybe it is. Yeah, maybe it is kind of uh, buying low on guys or, or players that other teams had given up on. Uh, and I guess uh, I mean Liriano kind of fits in that. Liriano category. fits and Burnett fits in that Burnett category. Fits, uh, but then, well, I guess there are guys who they tried that with that it didn't really <laughs> didn't really work so well. Yeah, I like, uh, Snyder, like Snyder but... and. Uh, Jonathan Sanchez didn't really yeah. work so well, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that that could be that could be part of it. Uh, I, I, yeah, like I guess if you're the Pirates and you don't have a ton of money, you kind of just go and take other teams' leavings when you think that there's still some talent there, uh, and maybe those teams weren't in the position that they could give those players the time to straighten themselves out. But you're the pirates, so you you're willing and able to do that. And I guess they've hit on a few of those guys, whether that's luck or, or as you said, good good smart talent evaluation or coaching or something. Um, I'm not sure because, I mean, you can you could point to someone like well, I was gonna say Tabata, but I guess he's actually been he's been pretty good. He's been okay. Um, and Alvarez. I mean, those are kind of guys who were their prospects who didn't immediately pan out, uh, but sort of have now. And Neil Walker is another guy that they've developed well. So, yeah, I guess that, that makes sense. Um, and so maybe I wonder whether they'll pursue that strategy again at the deadline and take some other team's unwanted player, or whether at this point now... Um, since they're off to such a great start, they will actually go for a, a name player. When we did our original discussion of Alex Rios, your your pick for, I guess, who he would be traded to or who should trade for him was the Pirates. Um, I guess Rios, Rios would have been one of those guys before last season if they had traded for him when he was kind of at the, at the depths of his career. Then they'd look even smarter now. Uh, yeah, I mean, it seems to me, and, uh, you know, I don't, may, maybe Clint Barmas's 
valuable in ways that I don't notice. But I mean, it seems to me that that that's they pretty clearly could could upgrade at shortstop. Yeah, and also well, that shortstop is pretty clearly the hardest place to upgrade, especially midseason. They're playing Jordy Mercer there now. Um, oh well, that's an upgrade. Yeah, I guess yes. so. Yeah, I mean, Barmas is really really good defender. Yes. Um, and I would think Mercer's probably not as good a hitter as he has shown so far. Um, but yeah, that that seems like an upgrade because it, it seemed like Barmas had gotten to the point over the last year or so where as good as his glove was, um, probably not worth playing anymore when you're hitting that poorly. Yeah. So okay. So good. So they don't need to worry about that. I, they if they did. It's not like they're. It looks to me like probably the best shortstop that's playing for a non-contender, and is not uh, like pre-arb. Mm-hmm. It's probably Alexei Ramirez, who yeah. seems to be movable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, there's not a lot there. Even Alexei Ramirez isn't that good. Yes, right. Uh, the the Melanson Hanrahan deal, man. <laughs> yes. Like this is I don't I I mean I would I'm surprised that every GM in baseball doesn't get fired for their bullpen moves not because they're bad but because they're so unpredictable and they can just look so weird like like four months later so I mean Han- I guess... Hanrahan the Pirates get Hanrahan who's this disaster of a you know relief conversion project they turn him into a superstar mm-hmm. he gets better and better and better they flip him for Melanson now Melanson was proven closer. Yes. Red Sox arguably overpay for him to get him. He's a disaster. Mm-hmm. They trade him for Hanrahan. Hanrahan's got 43 strikeouts and four walks. <laughs> he's got, you know, he's got, he's allowed four runs all year. Did I say Hanrahan? You said, yes, you did. You meant Melanson. Melanson. I meant Melanson. And Hanrahan has got a 9.82 ERA. So, so uh, he fits into that group also, I guess, as a undervalued or devalued guy who had shown talent in the past and, uh, maybe you could pick him up on the cheap. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, he does. He fits into that. But yeah, I mean, we're not. What basically what we're saying is that they've made some smart moves here and there, but there's not a cohesive narrative yet. Yeah, I guess I'm gonna. I'm put. I'm staking. I'm. I'm staking the uh, coaching ground. I'm gonna say that in, in a couple of years it'll be easier to say and identify. But I'm gonna credit their coaches. Hmm. So if any if any beat writers start writing coach stories. <laughs> Uh, I will uh, I, I will be retweeting and linking to them. Didn't really get. I mean, with the Orioles, we got Showalter stories. Yeah, we didn't so much get you know pitching coach stories. Tell you what, we haven't got many hurdle stories. No, no, we haven't. Uh, maybe it'd be kind of. I don't know. I kind of hope we don't. <laughs> like I hope that we skip the manager and just go to the coaches. I I don't want to see people, you know, twist themselves around trying to give Clint Hurdle like genius status now mm-hmm. yeah nothing against him no it's just, just the usual thing when a team outplays its expectations the the manager becomes a genius and and vice versa usually yeah so all right that was a fun show yeah it, it wasn't the show we originally did i'm sorry you guys didn't get to hear it but you got to hear this instead uh you mi- you missed our you, I, I, in the recap, we we forgot to mention that uh, old people are still hung up about Japanese. <laughs> yes, <Japanese>. yes, <laughs> that was during our during our doubting Darvish discussion. Yeah, I recounted an anecdote about an old person I know, so who was not a Rangers fan, uh, so that didn't account for why people are doubting him. Anyway, 
Okay, so we're done. Uh, Sam had to talk even more than he planned to talk, which I'm sorry about. Um, will you Will you do me a favor, Ben? Will you save sure. the Will you save the bad recording and okay. at some point in the future it'll be like a special bonus that you'll just <laughs> publish it and people can hear it. it'll be like Garfield without Garfield. <laughs> uh huh. Okay, and they'll they'll see how bad it would be if I did a, if I did a podcast on my own. I want to hear it. <laughs> I'll send it to you if you want it. Yeah, I'll keep it. It'll be. Uh, Someday when we when we when the show comes to an end, uh, one way or another, and people are desperate for more effectively wild, I'll release half an hour of me talking to no one. <laughs> All right. Uh, short week. Uh, so send us some emails at podcast at baseballperspectus.com and we will get to them on Wednesday.